Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. This podcast is part of the Podsyndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. I am joined by. Come on, baby! Ian Loring, hello. If you want to have some context for that, then Patreon. Patreon, $2 a month, uh, and you get loads of extra content, uh, including us chatting uh, the Michael Mann films in our series, Men Doing Their Job Really Fucking Well, where we have just spoken about Miami Vice. So head across there. Uh, Bex uh, isn't back with us yet. She's back next week. Uh, she's still got loads of work and stuff to do. She's fine. But yeah, there's there's that going from there. So that's that taken care of. I'm going to get all the, the, the admin bits out of the way now. Um, we are a pod syndicate podcast. On. Um, so yeah, uh, head across there for for other um, pod syndicate um, podcasts and bits and bats uh, for your your listening pleasure. Um, you know, there's 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 loads of great podcasts there. Uh, so go across there and listen to those, and listen, still listen to us as well. Um, yeah. So what have we got this week? Listen we, to we, us we... first. Pam? Make sure you listen to us yeah, first. Yeah, listen to They can wait. Yeah, they can always fucking wait. Um, <laughs> What have we got? What have we got this week? We have we have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We have no, that. Drop the alert, it's cleaner. <laughs> um what else do we have? We don't have dog, because neither of us went to see it. Um what do we have instead? <laughs> I mean instead we uh, we'll be looking at four films about a character named after a dog. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah. So we, we So yeah. <laughs> basically Sorry, Ian, on, you're hosting. Um, Ian messaged me on like was it Saturday morning? Maybe Friday. Friday Friday morning. Friday Friday morning. Maybe. Basically saying that um, that he'd watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and how you know just a little optical comment saying can't believe that that they that they got away with the 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 ending to that and it made me go fucking hell that'd be a good Sunday morning you know movie to watch. You know, with breakfast on a Sunday morning, that'd be a great fucking watch. Um, and and it, it, it transpired that between us, we, we we both watched all four Indiana Jones movies. So decided, why not? Why not? Why not do a little retrospective on the the Indiana Jones movies? So you've got that to come up, uh, which we'll, we're going to do in one holistic block, uh, but film by film. Um, so we'll be doing that later on in the show. Possibly, I'm just going to do a bit of show. I mean, I think we might do that after what we've been watching because I think that's going to take up quite a lot of each of what we've been watching. Um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, what's been what's been happening in the film world this week, Ian? Okay, so news. So yeah, it, 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 there's been a bit of interesting controversy over the last day or so as we uh, as we record. So we're recording uh, Wednesday, the twenty third of Feb. So eight categories yeah. in the Oscars, yeah, going to be awarded um, before the main telecast starts, and then they're just going to be run at points during the show. Hmm. Um. Why? And it's it's in... <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is the thing. So th- th- they're at this point where they're like they're chasing the ratings, mm. and it's a bit. If I don't know, if you're interested in watching the Oscars, you'll watch the Oscars. Yeah. And let's face it, when Dune 
is the like largest grossing of your best picture nominees and it did it did very very well and it's very liked but it's not one that you're going to get people really tuning in for like did the mainstream audience isn't going to do that and it, it, it just the thing is it's difficult because the academy need the money from a big deal with um abc in the u.s because it kind of like help support what what they're they're doing like their museum and all that like the mm. kind of like the the work that they do but i don't know it would be pretty cool if a streamer or even if a coalition of streamers got together and just said we'll pony up make it fucking four hours long and give give the time either that or there is a very weird thing where they don't premiere movie trailers during oscar night and that is fucking nuts yeah if you dropped a marvel trailer during the oscars but didn't say which which at which break it was going to be in you'd get you yeah, I mean, you do that before, like, Best Picture or something like that. You know, like, you will have plenty of people watching the Oscars. And if it's, you know, if it's going to be, well, we just want popular films to be nominated or put ad ads for the popular films in during the Oscars, do the latter. Don't yeah. artificially try and cram it. Just, just to say, this whole... Go on, sorry. Go on. But, the, but, the, but the thing that the thing that baffles me mostly about it is, right? They're wanting a ratings um, push because they need the ratings, right? But none of them seem to have a fucking clue what they're doing. So they want to chase the ratings, but they have a they simply have no idea who their audience is, or b how to get the audience they're trying to chase. So, for instance. Oh, we, we need to do, we need to do something to, to boost the audience and to get ratings up, right? So why every year when you have nominees for best song, do you a not include them all and b not let them play full versions of said song? You know, mm. it was ridiculous the, a couple of years ago when you had Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga nominated for a song that everyone knew was going to win, that was massive and an absolute banger, and go, yeah, but you can only sing it for, like, two minutes. Like, yeah, why? And then, doing what they've done here is they're dropping categories and saying that, you know, best editing and best score are going to be hosted before it. But... I guarantee it. They're still going to have some really terrible, just skits for this. Yeah, that are going to be that you're going to have people watching it going. So hang on a minute, this is okay, but actually acknowledging something isn't. Fuck off. You are what, what you're doing is you're trying to be the MTV Europe Music Awards rather than being the Grammys. Yeah, it, it's... It, 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 it is 
quite depressing. But I mean, it, it speaks to a larger point that film is not at the centre of pop culture that it used to be. And you just do not get the likes of Titanic anymore. You know, but it's like Spider-Man would get a good audience, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be fucking approaching the amount of people who watched Titanic win Best Picture in 97... Uh, well, the, the ceremony was 98, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it just, it's not... that That's not going to happen. And it's... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm both okay with that and not okay with that because I like film being popular, but at the same time, I'm cool that The Power of the Dog is probably going to win a few awards because it's cool that Jane Campion's going to have an Oscar, you know, and it, it, it like that that kind of thing. It's, but I mean, it, it's I'm surprised that Will Smith, the potential for Will Smith to win Best Actor, is not being trumpeted more because mm. he's Will Smith. You know, like if if he was winning Best Actor ten fifteen years ago, that would be fucking huge. Now it weirdly kind of feels like a bit of a footnote for him. Yeah, I, I, because I think, he's Will Smith. Yeah, I think you he's know, kind of. I, I think he's, he's almost. I, but I think part of that might be a little bit like the past few times he's been nominated, he went on the charm offensive, and it didn't work. So maybe he's gone. Maybe this time yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's interesting. So the, the 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 subjects that have been affected: a documentary short. Um, live action short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, and sound. And it's like, yes, okay, those are ones that you would be probably doing relatively early on. I mean, best original score surprises me. I must say, out of that lot, mm. um, like, like I think you you, you kind of intonated uh, earlier. But it's the the thing is, they say that they are still going to be shown, and the speeches are still going to be shown. I. I hope it's the full speech, but then in that case, are you you're not going to do the nominees? Are you're just going to say earlier this evening best sound went to blah, and then you're going to cut out them walking up to the stage, and you're going to start and stop at the speech like very quickly. So eight times a couple of minutes, fair enough. You've 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 probably saved quarter of an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm assuming you're not you're not going to get um, some random movie star coming out and saying, "Sound." Most of us hear things. <laughs> yeah, sound's been around. You know, you know, it, 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 making speeches like that. But it's um, it's a shame. I will say though, also that in a connected story, the fact that that um, popular film thing or like favorite fan film or whatever they're calling it where they're going to mention it during the Oscars and it's basically been hijacked by people voting for the Amazon Studios Cinderella film um, <laughs> I didn't see that <laughs> it's fucking incredible like apparently that's in the lead at the moment and just like it would be very very funny yep. if after this project for the love of god let Spider-Man win something <laughs> Backfires, Cinderella. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's the thing is, they, 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 they got it right last year. It worked last year. What they did last year got it right, but then they kept fumbling it. it, it it's like they tried to. They, it, 
it's at point it was almost a little bit like 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 an embarrassing children's entertainer who just doesn't quite know what the kids want to see nowadays, um, and it just kept yeah. on going a little bit wrong, and that's that's kind of where they fucked up. You know, it was there was a point where you were going right, so Tom Holland and Zendaya are rumored to be um, hosting the Oscars. All right, that's a bit fucking different. That could work, you know. You could have a little bit of what, and then they went, "Oh no, no, no! What we're gonna give you is," and then what they announced was it's fucking Amy Schumer. Um, so you got the Amy Schumer, um, Regina Hall, and who's the other one doing it? Wonder Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, Wonder Sykes, Wonder Sykes, yeah. And it's like, right, two of those and are comedians who are very much <laughs> split opinion. <laughs> This could go really fucking badly. And plus, you're uh, going to have people within the industry going up there to collect awards that are basically go, hmm, do you know what I couldn't have done this without? Score, sound, etc. and being like that. I could see this being one of these things that they might go back on <laughs> quite quickly. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. You lose a couple of the skits, you got the time back. Yeah. You know. Um that 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 that's it. I mean, last year's ceremony I remember being pretty three hours long. Kind of got through it all. Yes, okay, like the COVID stuff kind of hampered certain things, but it had a good amount of style to it as well. Like I remember fucking Regina King, like that tracking that Soderbergh tracking shot when the, the, she the start was fucking. Yeah, weird. that that and that fucking that music, it was that was awesome. You know, it was really, really good. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to watching an Oscars that looks like the Oscars again. Um, but I thought more of that ceremony worked than didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I don't, it, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, I think we're probably doing Oscar Bation this year. So, I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll you know talk through it and uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But it's um, I think I think I think it's a shame, and it's going to be interesting to see what the actual production looks like. Yeah, it will be. It could um, be. Yeah. Hmm. In other news, Ooh, uh, maybe just real quick before we move on, uh, James Mangold is directing a Buster Keaton biopic for Fox. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. Be interested to see who they get. Is that the one that oh. Tom Holland's been rumoured for? Well, it's Fred Astaire that he's doing, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's Tom Holland's rumoured for the is Fred Astaire one. Is he doing Fred Astaire? One. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who, who they get for that. Um, yeah. I get the feeling like Johnny Depp will be trying to go and find a time machine so he can go back 20 years to be <laughs> the right shape to do it. <laughs> So yeah, sorry, Holland, Fred Astaire. That's it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, it's it, it, it's interesting. I mean, that Mangold doing a Buster Keaton biopic for Twentieth Century feels like something from ten years ago. It doesn't feel like a now project. No. But it, it, it feels like something... And I think these things are getting a little bit more sort of traction again at the moment. Um, 
I think, you know, I think maybe we're seeing a little bit of a, you know, there's a few sort of more interesting things coming coming our way. Yeah, I mean, it's, I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling brighter about film and like what's coming up and whatnot than, than I had been before. It, it does feel like, I mean, I won't get into the politics of it all. But it does feel like people are moving on and going like, right, okay, let's dust, dust ourselves down and get like get back on it when it comes to film production and 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 things like that. And um, I, I mean, you know, and, and that's fantastic. And it's uh, you know, I mean, this this Oscar season, I think we said a few weeks back, is going to be great. Like Killers of the Flower Moon just got dated for November. Yep. Um, and Finch's new ones due around then as well, you know. And I mean, like we'll, we'll talk in trailers in a second, but Baz Luhrmann fucking rolling in and going, "Look what I've got!" Scorsese apparently uh, will start working on his next film uh, before the end of this year. <laughs> that's that's great. I mean, it just touch wood. It feels like we're back. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Talking absolutely. about trailers, so, trailers. Uh, yeah, what have you seen this week then? So we didn't talk about Nope last week. We didn't. I did. I I knew there was one we missed. Yeah, so did I, and it really bothered me. And then I remembered after, and I was really annoyed. Yeah, um, I I, I, oh, I just this... remembered when I saw, when I saw it, it cropped up on someone. I was like, "Fucking idiots!" <laughs> and it, it, just to say very um, quickly as well, because it relates to Nope um, in terms of IMAX. Um, Oppenheimer, more casting for that. Kenneth Branagh, obviously, he's, he seems to be uh, Nolan's new Michael Caine. I'm hoping Michael Caine gets a role in there somewhere. Um, but, um, yeah, like there, there, there's some... Uh, God, there was some other casting for that as well. Um, Alden Ehrenreich. Yes. It's great to see him back, bless him. Yeah, uh, they, they, great, they found like, him somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean that's that's good. I mean that the cast for Oppenheimer is incredible, and also apparently the first like shot on IMAX film black and white sections as well. Um, that's going to be a fucking gorgeous looking film. It really is. Like my my work. Like I'm planning on doing the Nolan uh, Batman trilogy sometime in the next week, and God, I'm looking forward to some 4K IMAX footage of, uh, like of that. It just oh god! But anyway, so link, uh, swooping back round to Nope. This looks it really fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, and it it feels like Jordan Peele just given free reign and like I'm gonna shoot on IMAX. I'm gonna do some wild open range IMAX shit, but also gonna be scary, but also weirdly funny it feels very very peel yeah it does obviously it it, it feels uh it feels like he's definitely he's he's gone i've got a really fucking good idea but you're gonna have to let me go with it and they've gone yeah 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 exactly exactly um i think it's july that comes out um yeah it's weird that that it's like it's not far away (laughs) No, yeah, quite. And I mean, it's such a fucking ballsy decision to have that be a summer movie. I think it. I think it'll work though. I think it. Yeah. 
you know, it's a horror film and Jordan Peele is a name that they can use to sell it. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. It's, um, yeah, really fucking exciting that. And just the fact, you know, Universal, they've got Jurassic Park as well. So it's almost like they know that they're going to do a cool billion or two out of Jurassic Park. So why not put out Nope in that kind of corridor as well? You yeah. know, and it's, it's not like it feels like they're putting it out there to die or anything. Like, they, they're going to give it the big... No, but they can, they can the, go, the, the, do you know the what? Big push. Um, you know, we can give this a go, and if it doesn't work, um, it might it won't be that bad. We can cushion it, but we've... I think they just think, do you know what? I, th- they, I think they're confident in it that they can they can make it work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really looking forward to Nope. Um, so, um, I mean, obviously, it's the the Baz Luhrmann's new one that I referred to earlier on, but that kind of feels like the big one. What have you got, dude? I feel like I'm missing some here. That I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I watched that. Well, I, I, I've got Panama, the... Um, what is okay, it? I didn't watch that, the Mel Gibson one. Yeah, the one it's uh, by um, one half of Neville Dean and Taylor. <laughs> oh shit! Really, Mark Neville Dean? Yeah, it's it's it's. it's oh it's wow! Um, it does it crops up in the in the in the trailer saying from the director of Crank? And you're like, what really? <laughs> wow. Okay. It, yeah, it, it's 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 Mel Gibson and um, and Cole Hauser. <laughs> That was it, yeah. What the In fuck? Panama. Yeah. Um, looks like it was shot on an iPhone 5. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, but you're watching it going, ah, I'm going to watch that on a fucking Tuesday night, aren't I? Yep, I'm going to watch that on a fucking Tuesday night. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to watch that and be mildly ashamed of myself all the way through it going fuck I like this, this is fun <laughs> yeah. oh my word, great, great. Um, Hustle um, Adam Sandler does oh, a dramatic basketball film um, where the trailer is him basically <laughs> doing a big monologue as you get shown loads of bits from the film and as you're watching it going I want to watch this right now. This this is extreme Sandler going. Look, I can do, I can do the funny, but I can also do uncut gems. People are going to watch this film because it's me and basket. It it's me. It's basketball. LeBron James is involved. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And it's like, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. It looks great, and it looks like he really gives a shit as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, the fact that you've got him basically doing the, you know, you've got to love this game. You watch, you watch the trailer going, well, we fucking know that you fucking love basketball. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, that I, I've I've got a feeling that film could be massive. Yep, yep, it comes out uh, Netflix in like June or something like that as well. Like it feels like Netflix's summer movie, yep. and it's like, yeah, I'm here for it. Let's let's go and loads of like. Um, basketball players uh, and other sports stars um that were um that are represented by um 
LeBron James's marketing company and are also sort of members of a, the charity he's got were wearing the you know the the, the sweater that uh, what's it's wearing in the um, trailer oh, cool. were wearing that um, yeah. at uh, basketball games like the other day. And then that was like the Great. day before. I mean, that he, was the day before the trailer dropped. You have to respect that. Like, it, it, yeah, I mean, I oh God, it just looks great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think we've got the the, the the biggie. Now, I mean, I like me some Baz Luhrmann. Um, this felt like a. Okay, that's coming. What's that gonna look like? Mm. And it, it, you know, I mean, I just this is such a. It could go two ways, but I'm fucking fascinated. I cannot fucking wait for this. I don't have that much of an affiliation for uh, with Elvis, but I cannot fucking wait for this. That Austin Butler, he could be bloody remarkable in this. Yeah. He really could be. I am more. I am more going to the leaning towards the. I think he could be really good in this because I've seen him in stuff and he's been very good in stuff already. Mm. Uh, mm. So I'm a little bit like, all right, this could. What is it? But as well, it does seem to like when it finished. Because I'm I'm hit and miss with Baz Luhrmann. Um, mm. Like I really like. Everything up to um, up to Moulin Rouge, and I like bits of Moulin Rouge. And then after that, I think it's a bit more missed than it is hit. But I, I, so I bet went. This has got a real fucking strictly ballroom vibe to it, and I'm really fucking digging it. And I, I am one hundred percent doing a great Basby marathon before. Elvis. I, 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 we will absolutely be doing that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm looking. For, I, will, I okay. will go back and rewatch all of the Baz Luhrmann movies, and I know Bex will will definitely do that. Uh, but I just, that f- feels more. Go sorry, on. go on. You were about to say that feels more more achievable than the Scorsese one we were talking about on the last show. Yeah, it, it kind of does a little bit, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> sorry. As yeah. well with this, what what I really like about the trailer, and I might be off that, but for what I like about what it appears that the trailer's going to be, is that this is going to be a, a biopic that's going to tell the story of Elvis, but also as little bit in the same way, celebrate the story of Elvis. Because what often happens is, you want with with, with biopics. Um, you want the warts and all. We've had the warts of Elvis for forty odd years. All we've had really from Elvis yeah. is the fucking warts. And so, you know, all we we've had is the oh, he died on the toilet eating a cheeseburger. We didn't, did he? And we've had you know, and he was a drug addict, and he you know he, he was washed up. All of this, and it's like. Right, can we? Right, a that's not exactly all fucking true. Can we go back and look at the fact that there are very few genuine fucking like proper icons of of, of anything, and music being one of them. We're talking like not just like fucking top like gold level. You're talking fucking god level. There's maybe. Maybe a, a push for, and yeah. Elvis is 
not just one of them, he is the one of them. It, it, it's mental, you know, it's... I don't think you can even include Michael Jackson in there anymore because of his, you know, shady proclivities. But, you know, Elvis is there, but we what, what people want to... I think what would be good for people to see is just how fucking seismic it was. And the trailer gets that off brilliantly where he's stood on stage and he starts shaking his... What is it? And then all the girls just start going fucking insane. And you watch it going, yep, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's when Tom Hanks doing that accent is not one of the top things I'm looking forward to in a film. Yeah, you know I'm looking forward to that film. Um, and the thing, I don't know, just in in terms of like inside baseball film marketing kind of thing, it comes out in June. Feels like it will have some sort of premiere in Cannes, whether out of competition or in. And this just kind of feels like a massive, big buzzy thing to have an insane atomic bomb presence at the first proper full-on let's go can in a number of years at this point and like it it just it feel it feels like a film that is gonna go it's not just comic book movies now here you go yeah you know this this, is this this undiluted Baz Luhrmann doing fucking cinema. Yeah, this 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 fucking film could do insane amounts of fucking money. The fact as well, I like the fact that that they're not that he's not going to dick about and do any fucking trickery with uh, the singing. It is it, it's Austin Butler singing, and that's, that's great. That I like the fact that they're not that, that they're going right. Yeah, I just I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, it's. I am not a, I am a big Elvis fan, but I'm not an obsessive Elvis fan. Um, but I did grow up in a house where my dad was a not out fucking walking around with a fucking quick Elvis level of fan, but he was a huge Elvis fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh God. it's going to do some big business round here as well. There's an annual Elvis festival in Porthcawl in uh, in Wales. <laughs> uh, it's just like it's gonna be fucking. That's gonna be fucking huge for for around here. Um, it's like an Elvis festival on the like out by the beach in Porthcawl every year, and it's only like a half hour drive away from me. It's great, like it's fucking brilliant. Oh man, um, that's awesome. But yeah, no, it's great. No, it's great. Um, um, but yeah, no, it's it's just Baz Luhrmann, man. Like, the big balls on Baz to have his name come up so many times in the fucking titles at the end. But also, like, his production company logo at the start of it. Like, that is some fucking king shit. And I, I massively respect it. it. It's... I just think of the can of 2019 where it was Parasite and Once Upon a Time in, Hall- in Hollywood. And it's just like that kind of, like, feel like shit, just want her back me. <laughs> But for like that, yeah, and it feels like Elv, like Elvis, is the kind of film that will do that, yeah, for for Cannes and this year. You're looking at going, uh, going. Do you uh, know what? I'm all right with literally with with this being the summer that the kids discover Elvis. I'm all right with that. <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, oh yeah! Can't wait. Yep, very much looking forward to it. So, should we bring the tone down? <laughs> 
Yeah, should we take a massive steaming dump on proceedings? Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is directed by David Blue Garcia. Of course it is. That's not a made-up name. (laughs) Which I'm sure he is feeling a little bit Blue Garcia right now. (laughs) It's not his name. He's in fucking hiding. It's the Alan Smithy of today. I think it could be, you know. Um, Stars. Who does it star? Sarah Yarkin, Elsie Fisher... Um, and a bunch of other people um, who are also in it. Um, what is it about? What is it about? So this is what this is what IMDb says. Um, after nearly fifty mm. years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of ideally young young friends who accidentally disrupt his, scare, his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. That's not what happens. <laughs> That's not what it's not about. Really. Um, a, um, a, is it a chef influencer on it from Instagram decides yeah. to yeah. buy a town or buy the options to yeah. buy a town um, to essentially set it up as an influencer paradise? Um <laughs> This genuinely, yeah, when you're right, <laughs> right. Then they go to said town. Um, they go to one of the buildings, just walk into it, thinking they kind of own it or own the option to own it. Um, cause the woman to have a, a, some kind of a, who a, who does actually own the property to have an attack. Um, uh, and it turns out that she's been the person looking after Leatherface. Who must now be in his 70s. Yeah, he must be in his 70s, yeah. Um, she dies, that pisses Leatherface off, so Leatherface decides to just kill everybody. Ah, oh, and there's a girl who was shot in a school shooting and she learns how to love guns again. Uh. Ian. Yeah. So... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Right. Um, now, it, I don't think this is a series of films that has... It, it, where it has as many sequels that make sense, if that makes sense. It's not something that... Sure. It's not Halloween. And it's not... Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So beyond mm. really the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there are no really iconic Leatherface moments beyond that one film. Yeah, I think this is the tenth installment or something like that. Sure. Um, did it work for you? <laughs> so I come at this from a perspective where I've seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 20, 25 times. Um, I wrote my dissertation on the approaches to uh, feminine sexual identity in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Toby Hooper Texas Chainsaw Massacre Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and how 
attitudes changed and informed the changes in their percept in how they were uh, photographed in the Marcus Nispel and Gus Van Sant remakes. So, I'm not coming at that from like an uber fan of of the films, and I'm not meaning to blow smoke up my own ass, but I genuinely have a fair academic interest in the Texas Chainsaw films. Yes. My, my dissertation is apparently in the library of the University of Western England. Um, so, and I'm sure it's fucking studency nonsense. I would not, I, I would be embarrassed to read it now. Um, it scored well, but I would be embarrassed to read it now. So, the f- saying that, when I... The Texas Chainsaw films are interesting because they are... They keep on ruining their heads and they're real products of their, t- of their time. You know, you've got the original, which was scrappy, low-budget, like, let's-make-a-movie stuff. You've got the Toby Hooper-directed sequel which is um, gonzo, batshit, Toby Hooper just given free reign to do whatever the fuck he wants and he basically sticks a middle finger up at the studio. Yeah. And it's um, Leather... Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is your early 90s, new liney, like, just bobbins slasher... Then uh, Texas Chainsaw Next Gen- Generation, if I remember correctly, it's called. It you know, it, it is again just nineties horror, and then they reboot with Marcus Nispels, and then the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning, and it's all shiny and clean and weirdly sexless. Um, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D, where okay, this time the USP is it's 3D and Alexandra Daddario's in it. So you've got these products of their time. So you've got this one, which is a film that was shot in Bulgaria, and they fired the original directing duo a week into shooting. So that bodes well. Um, produced by Fede Alvarez, um, who's never met a film that he didn't want to just insert something controversial in because he's big and clever. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he is a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he's very... Him and... If he was around when Eli Roth was being big and clever in the noughties, you would have had a big and clever off the likes of which you'd never believe. Mm. There would have been horror culture wars. <laughs> um so with with this so that that's all a prelude um and i really didn't want to spend too much time on this so may, maybe i should just fucking hurry up so with this film you've got let's do the barest hint of social commentary but get it all wrong um the Learning to love guns again plot that you 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 said there, uh, Mark feels mm. like a Fede Alvarez note of this will piss people off. Yeah, um, 
and it honestly it feels like it was pre- precision tooled to trigger yeah um, it, it does it feels <sighs> sorry to jump in here uh, but yeah no don't i've worry. long said that um that, that if you have um provocative filmmakers who style themselves as um as provocateurs they they're not usually they're just dickheads they are they are they are they are fucking comedians who say offensive jokes so that they can go ooh and i controversial so people like this like him and they're not it's not provocative what you're doing it's a bit boring I mean, yeah. So this, I mean, Alvarez is fucking fascinating because he bursts out the blocks with um, the Evil Dead remake. Well, I mean, he did um, that short beforehand, like Red Alert or something like that, for, uh, that Sam Raimi kind of took notice of. And he makes Evil the Evil Dead, which is a good remake, and it's gnarly, and it feels appropriate to the gnarliness of the of the first Raimi Evil Dead. And it's like fair enough. Then don't breathe. It just feels it's got a gonzo fucking twist that you go with or you don't. But it, it feels button pushy, but not in a look how clever I am. It just like it takes a turn, and you go with it or, or you don't. Mm. But now, with don't breathe too, he didn't direct. I think he produced it. He, he produced and wrote. I it. think he wrote it. Yeah, he did write it. And now producing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's basically become yes, all right. I just want to piss people off, and I swear in interviews he's said he just wants to piss people off. But with this, you are taking a topic which is very, very emotive, and but like essentially, it's like right. So, have, are you pissing people off? Are, are, are you uh, basically a, a kind of like a Trump supporting? Republican who wants to make uh, America gory again. Like, what? What? What is? What are you actually trying to say? And David Blue Garcia, I don't necessarily blame it because he was obviously a direct, like somebody who was just drafted in a week into shooting to wrangle the actors. You know, yeah. so I do. I, I I would place it at, at Fede Alvarez's and, and his team's door. But so you've got that. But then also. You've got a film which is about an hour and a quarter before credits, where the by far the most inventive kill of the film is ascent is I think is the first one and happens about twenty minutes into the film. Yep. And then the rest of it is just fucking boring. Yes, okay. The 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 the, the practical the, the effects are like gruey and practical and impressive, you know. So absolutely, the the effects seem very well done, you know. Absolutely, but I, I, I the the film does seem to have had some positive reaction. I've yeah. seen a couple of people who I respect on Twitter saying, "Do you know what? This was fun," and I was like, "Right, I'm I'm actually quite quite looking forward to this now." Then. And like there really was just fuck all of any kind of uh, of redeeming value, and the, it's just it is annoying because the Texas Chainsaw films have been interesting comments on their time. This feels like a film that 
is very actively trying to comment on the time, but from the perspective of a troll. Yeah. And that's just not interesting. No, it, 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 it's not. Um, I was kind of like, I, I was looking forward to it because I thought, you know what, there was there was a bit in the trailer that made me go, ugh, uh, and it was the, the bus thing. I didn't think that was going to be interesting at all. Um, but I thought that it would literally be like a little, it, it would be a... A flash and it's gone, kind of thing, and it would, but then and it made the trailer because of that. Um, but you know, when you get five minutes into a film and you're there going, Oh god, are these the ones I'm supposed to be rooting for? Because I'm really not, mm. like already, mm-hmm. I'm not. So now I'm five minutes into the film and I'm thinking, You've got to, you, you, you've now got to not only make me care about these characters you've got to make me actually start liking them because i actively don't right now um and at no point do i think at any point do they ever make you want any of them to survive um yet the the first kill is quite even quite good but i'm fairly certain it's stolen from a j-horror um of the mid-noughties because i'm 99 percent sure i've seen that i think it might be in um Marabito rings a bell, but I'm, I think I think I'm I think I'm misremembering that and confusing it with the film that I watched at the same time as that. Um, but yeah, it's not only that; it's just really quite dull. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it is. It's. it's I, I, really I think I, I think I, I text you um, during it um, <laughs> and said. Um, I said something along the lines of, "I'll, I'll actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to be really boring and find the actual message that I sent you about um, something that was happening in this movie." Um, um, while you're doing that, I'll just say I reviewed this for Vodzilla, and uh, please go and give that a read or a click and whatnot. Yes, you, know. you should. I, I read I, review, Ivan it, pay- it's, it's it's a good review. Oh well, thank you. Ivan pays his writers, and he's a good guy support the site it's a good site not just like me i'm on there what like once every couple of months if i'm lucky but like there's some really fucking good writers on there uh leslie pitt of uh empire uh um uh anton Battelle of uh sight and sound uh and uh many others um katie smith wong uh of empire now as well uh, a lot of up-and-comers and me on vodzilla <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Mark, I'm sure Mark's found it. Uh, so I messaged Ian saying, "Ian, do the first replaster board and plaster the wall. He's hiding for no reason. He's chainsaw <laughs> yeah, in. Or do you get a contractor to do it for him? Because neither of those things make sense. <laughs> Why would no, he need I'm to pissed. hide it?" <laughs> I mean, the fucking logic of it. Because I, I, I honestly, honestly thought that the twist at the end was going to be. When, fuck it, and God, the fact that they bring back the original character, and she's like, you don't remember me. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, oh shit, he's not actually Leatherface, he's someone who's been inspired by Leatherface, and the actual Leatherface is going to come roaring back at the end. Not, but, the, 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 right, right. I need to, no! <laughs> I, need, I need to get onto that, because there's, there's, there's a bit that makes even less sense with that. Right, so for a start off, um, Sally from the um, from 
that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it, right, <laughs> yeah. with the exception of that one shot of her screaming in the back of the car, is not an iconic character. She is not Laurie yeah. Strode. She just yeah. isn't. She isn't even Sydney Prescott, right? It's also she's barely her from Hellraiser. Yep. To be fair, it, she's also it's not the same actress because the original actress is dead. So it's some yeah. random actress that has nothing to do with it. Makes no sense within the plot other than the fact that they've gone. We could do this Halloween thing um, again. During the movie, I was that bored. I, mean, I made a meme and sent it to Ian. Oh yeah, that was good. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean that was good. I mean, it's incredible though because it's like she's got the one scene where she hears about it and she rolls out, and then she has like one con- no, yeah, one confrontation, and she gets fucking killed. Yeah, it's like just what the what the fuck? Like it, it's and they obviously. Obviously, one of the reasons that they did this was because of the 2018 Halloween. Yep. You know, it's it, it's fucking transparent. I mean, frankly, they should be pay, paying Gordon Green, McBride, and the other screenwriter fucking royalties for that. Yeah, they really um, should. And and it, but what does it bring? It brings nothing. nothing. She just fucking dies horribly. Mm. So uh, th- this is the thing. It's like, at the end... What you know? What have you got? You've got that girl from eighth grade driving away with a fucking headless sister. Yeah, great. You know, like okay. So what are you going to do? Another another one where like she comes back and she's looking for revenge or something? Just fuck off. It, it's. The, oh, these, I, I, oh, I, I don't know anything awful. about this Elsie Fisher girl. She's in that eighth grade film, which people were really big fans of a few years back that I've never seen because it sounds incredibly stressful. Yeah, I, I, um, I haven't seen it, it at all, but um, <laughs> I jokingly said, said to Becky, and I was like half joking here, um, and it was like an off the cuff joking comment of, because I was already not liking the movie, of, of I, I turned back and, and said, like, if, if you're going to make your characters as unlikable as you are making them, at least make one of them hot. Like, one of them needs to be hot. Otherwise, nobody's going to care. And nobody cared. At all. It's boring. I had basically switched off by the end of it, which was the only way I could get through it, was by going, this is just boring i'm the the redeeming feature of this movie is the fact that it's 78 minutes long and the the iconic shot of it of him in the fucking dead cornfield just popping his leather face up made me literally go that's just funny and you're not trying Uh, to be funny to be fair david blue garcia should be embarrassed about that because he would have had the power to go we're not doing that yeah it, it it it's just it yeah it's a really I, you know what there's people out there that seem to have really got some out of it and I am genuinely glad they did because I I I really don't like not liking movies um, and you know I, it's very rare I genuinely dislike a movie but this was just it was just boring 
And that is the worst crime a movie can commit. Yeah. It it's the most I've not liked a film since the Nicholas Pesci grudge from a couple years back. Yeah. And that uh, it's not Yeah, and that was just that not was just as not as not as yeah, not as hate as that, to be clear. Because that that film is that, that that there is no reason for that film to exist. No, it, that film is a dickhead. Whereas this is just a oh shut up, dickhead twat. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it, it's it's a it's a twat. It's a troll of a movie. <laughs> yeah, but like not even like a good troll. It's yeah. No, yeah, it. It's just. Well, I'd be, I'd be really, really pleased if this is my worst film of the year. I'd be really pleased. Yeah, I will. I'll, 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 I'll be gutted if this isn't my top ten worst movies of the year. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be stunned actually <laughs> at this point if if there was something else that I actually sat through that was worse than this. Yeah, we'll um, see. But yeah, our audience poll definitely not shit. Fourteen percent. Touching cloth. Fourteen percent. Shit, 57%, and Geostorm, 15%. Okay, yeah. I mean, like we said, some people do seem to think it's all right. Yep. Uh, no. a, a friend of mine, um, James, who uh, who I have a lot of respect for his for his, his, his film views, um, he's a good guy, and he knows his horror as well. Um and he he was like this is fucking he like on his letterbox like this is fucking brilliant I think he gave it five stars um, so fucking some people really fucking dug it After, yeah, fair play yeah that's it I, I'm you like things. I like good for you I, I, I was like I, I massively disagree with you but I, I'm glad you liked it <laughs> yeah yeah quite. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's me running the show, isn't it? What have you been watching, Ian? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think I've got a couple of things aside from Indiana Jones. Let me have a look now. Uh, do, 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 um... So, oh yeah, I've got two, no, three things. Okay, so, uh, I rewatched uh, the Burton Batman. Um, I had a banger of a Saturday, actually, I'll tell you what, a fucking banger of a Saturday. Um, uh, well, actually, no, yeah, no, I watched uh, Raiders, it was a good weekend, man. So, Saturday, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark in Batman. Then Sunday, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the cut. And Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, what a triple banger that is. I'll talk about it in the cut in a second. But yeah, Batman. Um, so, um, Nicholson is doing just incredible work in Batman. He w- deserved every single one of the fucking tens of millions of dollars that he is raked in from that film and all the contractual stuff around that film. Um, fucking incredible performance. But I mean, Keaton is great as well. You know that that film just loves existing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and just what a delight. I'm, you know, I'm nine days away from watching the new Batman, and I want to try and watch like basically all of them from that one onwards i don't think i'm gonna do it but we'll we'll see what happens um i think it depends how lazy a weekend i have as much as anything else uh but yeah batman it's fantastic um so yeah in the cut so first time watch of this and it it was interesting because uh, mark had whatsapped me saying yeah there's gonna be some stuff that you're gonna find a bit all bloody hell about this. Or, I'm paraphrasing you, but it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. They're going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. But the thing is, I think maybe because I just knew the atmosphere of the film going in. You you, you were scuzz ready. Yeah, I think I was. So, like, when Meg Ryan, towards the start of the film, tries to find the toilet in a bar... She just comes across some dude getting sucked off, and you literally see, like, his bell end yeah. at one point, and like, you know, and it's like, wow, we, um, and it was like, yeah, all right, fine, and like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I'm maturing or like it devolving, but. I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, all right, there's some fucking horny shit in this, but to be honest, like, kind of digging the vibe. Like, if I was Meg Ryan and Mark Ruffalo was being like that, I'd be like, yes, please. Yep. And if I was Mark Ruffalo and Meg Ryan was being like that, I'd probably be like, yes, yes please. please. Yep. So, you know, like, it, it was, yeah. Um, I mean, the. I don't think it's a perfect film at all. Like the 
there's some really fucking stupid shit where she's imagining her the perfect life of how her parents met and then there's like the realization of actually no it wasn't all good and in her mind it's like her dad ice skates chopped her mum's legs up or something um and it's just like what the fuck's this you know it feels like something that in a novel where you've got potentially thousands of words to describe things you like you could uh, make uh, yeah. conjure that more than you could in film maybe <laughs> but it felt like an odd step um and the the kind of the killer reveal at the end did just feel a little bit like right the one guy who's in this film but isn't as obvious a suspect as everyone else yeah it's him <laughs> yeah you know but you know what i mean it's like kevin bacon as soon as he fucking comes on screen, it's like, well, it's not you, is it? <laughs> um, I mean, he's, he's incredible. And, like, uncredited, apparently, as well. But the fucking, the whole bit where he's trying to guilt her into looking after his dog. And it's just, like, the most mangy... I love dogs. You know I love dogs. That dog was the ugliest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. And you know they cast the dog, like... We just want the most fucking ugly fucking thing. Um, but, I mean, like, it, it's the atmosphere of the film and the whole kind of, like, how the the city is threatening towards women is really well depicted. And I, I from that aspect, I felt really uncomfortable. Like, there, there are bits where, like, Meg Ryan's in a car and it'll just be driving past a woman running. And it happens a few times, mm. and it's but it's like different women, uh, women and whatnot. But just like that, like the way it kind of just builds up that sense of fucking, oh Jesus fucking Christ, women have it rough. Like it does, it does that really, really well. Um, so I, I, I liked it, um, and I, uh, frankly, I thought it was sexier than I thought it was gonna be. Um, like Ruffalo's a fucking scumbag in this film, but Jesus Christ, you would. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, and it, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's in the cut, uh, which in this day of physical media going bye bye, a damning indictment that the only way I could legally watch this was renting a standard definition copy from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I could either do that or go up in my loft and find my DVD copy of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it would look better. It, it would look, look better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, so again, referencing blank check, but the only way this was made available on Blu-ray in the US was in a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> Blu-ray compilation. <laughs> Which kind of feels a little bit like like they went right. You can have these, but you've got to take in the cut with you as well. <laughs> it's the it is the yeah, you've look. got to take your little brother who fucking who is who is, who looks at cats questionably <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, fucking wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm 20 minutes into the piano, and it's a first time watch of that. So I'll, oh, I'll, really? I'll talk about that next week. Oh, that's bleak. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's camp, Campions are 
Campion's a big old blind spot for me. Yeah, um, you're gonna you're, you're going to see all you need to see of Harvey Keitel. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, and then um, continuing my uh, last last one before we move on. Um, continuing my watching shit for Oscars. Finally caught up with Belfast last night. Oh yes, you did, didn't um, you? Yeah, so it was in both of your top ten of the year, if I remember correctly. It was indeed, yeah. Yeah, and um, I really like it. I'm not kicking myself about not watching it in time for that, um, but I 100% understand why why it's in your top tens. I think it's an incredibly charming film. Mm. Um, like, effortlessly charming. Um it's. I thought that opening was fantastic. The way you know you got the the kind of the color of modern day Belfast, then the kind of like the picturesque, what it what it was like, but then punctured by, essentially what what were like the start of the troubles. Yeah. Um, and that that like that spinning around uh, the the lad was a great, really quite harrowing shot. Of just like chaos descending, um, but then it, I don't know. It's just like there's a line in it where someone's like, essentially like, well, you know, it's not normal, but I'm used to it now, or something like that. And just like the whole living through that and how you need to go through your day to day, but at the same time, it like the like y- y- your street is a powder keg. Mm. But I, I, I thought it was really, really well done. Where it's just a very, very vivid depiction of life being lived in a unsettled place, and you know the fact that Branner came up with this in like in COVID. Like if COVID didn't happen, this film probably wouldn't have happened. No. you know, and it is. It's cool seeing creative juices being used, not in a well. Let's tell a story about COVID, but in what like Soderbergh did with um, Kimmy, and uh, Branner's done with Belfast here. Um, I will say, I think it is. I one hundred percent. I'm on the train of it is fucking mental that Dench got an Oscar nomination and Balfe didn't. Mm. Um. Balf is doing great work in this. Dench is doing perfectly good work, but she's barely on screen. And if she didn't have the closing moments of the film, she would not have been nominated. Yeah. Um, it's I, I, you know, if Catriona Balf was pissed off about that personally, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely get that. Dench doesn't need a fucking a, a, another Academy Award nomination. I'm not saying Balfe needs it, but but she deserved I think it. <laughs> she's warranted it more. She's warranted it more than uh, yeah, yeah, quite. You know, I think you know. I thought Dornan was great as well. Mm. Like, and it's just a there's just a really fucking interesting shots in this as well. Like, there's a lovely bloody shot where the the boy is. Sta- he's just standing in the street and the, the girl is in the house looking at him and 
it's the shot of her looking at him through the window, but then you see her smiling face reflected back, kind of like in her shadow in the window. Yeah. Um, which I just I thought was gorgeous, and that there's that that fucking that scene the where Dornan is saying to Balf like we yeah, we'll give it till Easter. But maybe we don't have until Easter. And in the foreground, it's just the, the boy sleeping. He's got like chocolate all over his mouth or whatever. And it's just like the, mm. the, 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 the the way it's kind of uh, portraying the really kind of serious, potentially life-altering conversation that they're having. But just with like this boy just just living his normal life, just sleeping after too much chocolate at Christmas. It, it's, I, I don't know... It, the way it depicts domestic everyday life just really artfully um yeah i thought i i i thought i, I thought it was lovely um yeah i mean i, I don't think i'd i'd take any of my i I, t- I don't think i'd move any of my 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 personal top 10 uh myself but it, it's one of those ones where it was like I wish I gave it a chance earlier because if if it didn't get an Oscar nomination, I might not have got round to it. And it's just like I need to like pull pull that stick out of my ass and just go like, yeah. But sometimes what you need is bittersweet slash feel good cinema, mm, that's, and yeah. that's what Belfast is. Yes, yeah, it, 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 it's it's charming, but without being twee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's. It, it, it's got a little bit of sharpness there, mm. and that 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 goes a long way. I will say though, the chitty chitty bang bang bit where it's almost like they're they're on a four DX seat <laughs> and they're moving around with it. I get what Branagh was doing, yeah, and you know, and I, I fucking the way that like everything on stage or on screen was in color. And like when uh, they were at that Christmas Carol play, and like the color is reflected in Judy Dench's glasses, you know it's very kind of like look what I'm doing, but it's cool and it makes its point. And just the fucking Branner Easter eggs of like the uh, like one of the parents gets a fucking Agatha Christie book for Christmas, <laughs> and the lads reading a fucking four comic, and th- you know it's like yeah, all right, I'm sure there's others, you know it's. I, just, I, I think that's funny that like Kenneth Branagh is literally putting Easter eggs for his future directorial <laughs> career in a fucking autobiographical film about himself. It's, you know, it's it's, it's very Brannery. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's 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 cool. What they should have done with that four one is just have a random Dutch angle just for one shot, and that really would have fucking brought it home. You know, but no, I mean. It's, Good movie. It's a it's a it's a fucking good movie. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought yeah, maybe I've right. oversold this a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. And I mean, like, oh, Balf and Dawn and like those are two fucking. That's a couple where if they were like, we saw you across from the bar and we we enjoy your vibe. Do you want to get a drink? It'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, just just King Richard to go in. That that's all the best picture nominees uh, polished off for me, and I would have done King Richard by this time next week. Ah, uh, 
Cool, cool, cool. Um, I've only got two that aren't the ones we're going to get into in a minute. Um, okay. Rewatch Wayne's World um, because it's nice. been 30 years since Wayne's World was released um, upon us. Um, that was on, I think, Valentine's Day, so well, like a, over a week ago. Um and yeah, I, think, I don't know if I mentioned this last week on the podcast, something like that. But um, that Wayne's World is my still my most watched um, film at the cinema. Um, and I watched it seven times. Um, so yeah, it's. I thought I need to rewatch this. Uh, I haven't watched it in about a decade. Um, and yeah, it still slaps. It still is a really punchy, fun, funny movie um, that's characters are all very lovable um, and it is just contained enough to make it really fucking funny and it's 95 minutes long so it's like 90 minutes before credits um, and it's mad to think how how much of the 90s um, that fucking that Mike Myers managed to like really fucking take over with stupid comedic characters. <laughs> I still got you in. Nope, think I might have lost Ian again. Are you back in? I think I'm back. Yeah, you're back. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the other one I watched uh, was I rewatched Prisoners. Um, Fucking hell, that, that's a cheerful watch. Yeah. Because okay. I, I must have just felt really fucking depressed <laughs> and decided, you know what I need? I need to pick me up. I'm going to watch Prisoners. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a. It's, it's it's an incredibly bleak movie. It's an incredibly good-looking movie. Um, I mean, it's Deakins um, yeah. and it's Dennis Villeneuve, uh, but it's an incredibly fucking bleak movie. Um, but Gyllenhaal is doing some fucking great shit in this movie. Um, you know, there's a the great opening shot where you first get introduced to to Gyllenhaal's character. It is him like sat over, hunched over at Thanksgiving, eating Chinese food on his own, and you get this sort of, like this slow moving shot from above, just moving in at him. That you kind of go, "All right, this guy is fucking something." Then, and the fact that he never has any interaction um, with any other police officers that are positive so it almost feels like he's a pain in the ass, but he gets results kind yeah. of vibe with it um, and then Jackman playing just an absolute prick who is an absolute prick <laughs> but the mad thing is he's kind of he's, he's right in what he's not what he's doing but he's got this feeling and He's right. He's the mad thing, um, but going about it in all of the wrong ways. So you can kind of get to the end of it where you, where 
it's like, do you know what? He's kind of deserved what he's got, but he doesn't. It's this really weird, weird thing where I mean, I, I'm assuming with, with you, Jack, we're saying he he really struggled um, playing this character because he was like, I I get the idea that you will do anything to get you know to to to, to get your 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 daughter back or some kind of closure on that, but he goes about it every wrong way that you can and ends up making it more difficult for everybody. He, he is the absolute fucking villain. Him and Melissa Leo are the villain of the piece. But she is obviously more... It's it's, it's a very... It's just very good, um, proper, like, grown-up thriller um, that, that we... That, yeah. We, we need, and I remember it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I think we, 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 I mean, we covered it um, for the podcast, and like knew nothing about it, and then went to see it. And we're like, that was fucking great, and it was an odd, like sleeper kind of hit. <laughs> this weirdness, you know, it did like over a hundred million um, out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, but it still stands up yeah. as a really fucking great movie. It feels like that uh, would will not happen again, you know. Or maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should be less of a grump when it comes to that. But yeah, you're I, right. I think that one. Of the, I think you get these every every sort of five years when one of them just creeps out and just ends up just just hitting for some reason and just sort of you know it, it just it strikes something and you know it doesn't end up doing like 500 million or anything like that but you get like a thought like a mid-budget movie that ends up becoming something that, that kind of that, that that becomes the springboard for a director to go ahead and that's that's what this movie was um yeah right <laughs> fucking let's do it um I'll... right i I'm gonna very, very quickly evacuate my bowels. <laughs> All right, I'm... I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna go and raid my temple of doom. <laughs> I shall let you go and do that. Um, I don't think there'll be any crystal skulls on there, and hopefully, it won't be my last crusade. I'll be back. <laughs> right, let's do this. This is going to be interesting. Okie dokie. So yeah, so we, yep. we essentially all watched all of the, the Indiana Jones movies, as we've said earlier. Um, and we thought, do you know what? It'd be quite interesting to kind of look back at these. Uh, so yeah, um, and we've also asked for sort of people's um, sort of memories and rankings of these, which I'll do towards the, the end, because it feels more... That makes more sense. So, yeah. Um, Red's Lost Ark, um, 1981. Spielberg, Stan Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Friedman, Jonathan Rhys Davis, Denholm Elliott, um, and yes, it was all these kinds of people. And what does IMDb say the plot was? Um, so that I don't have to try and tell you the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, in 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the US government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can obtain its awesome powers. That's actually pretty fucking good. I'm all right with that. That's a that's a decent one from my yeah, pretty, that's pretty succinct. much what mm. happens. Um, Ian, what's your kind of like? What, what was the, the? Do you remember the first time you watched um, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I don't remember the first time I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, but Raiders of the Lost Ark was the film that made me go, huh, widescreen's a thing. (laughs) Oh, really? Cast your mind back to the 80s and 90s, before the time of widescreen TVs. Which, honestly, there may be some like younger listeners who would actually not remember this kind of time. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Um, now, I remember Raiders of the Lost Ark because it is the film, for me, that epitomised the... You have the black bars at the top and bottom while the opening credits are playing, and as soon as they're done, it fucking squeezes all up to full frame. Because the full frame version wouldn't have, like, if the credits were, like, taking up the whole expanse of the frame, wouldn't show properly if it was for free. So when films were playing on TV, they'd keep it in widescreen for that start. And then at the end, just before the credits were going to roll, you'd have it go back to like the full widescreen so it could show all the credits. And then that made me start going, right, I need to look out for VHSs that are in widescreen. <laughs> that is such an Ian thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, isn't it though? And I, I just, I remember literally, and then like films on TV started getting played in widescreen and like film four like back when it was a pay channel was really good at keeping things in oar original aspect ratio and i you know i would absolutely i'd be like right if it's on film four i know it's gonna be the right version Hmm. um god film four when it was a paid tv channel absolutely fucked yeah like they it was so good so good um and yeah so i mean that that's my key memory <laughs> of raiders of the last Ark. um and now, not to say that the film itself didn't like leave an impression but you know i think i was uh, i you know so i was born in 84 so i was born the year that temple of doom came out so indiana jones wasn't something i like i went to the cinema to see the only one i actually saw in the cinema was kingdom of the crystal skull that we um did a like a midnight screening of to test the print because it was one so i have projected an indiana jones film which i'm i'm very pleased about you know um never projected a uh, star wars film which uh are you actually no i tell a lie the, the fucking warner brothers clone wars tv show film i projected that yeah, you can count that then annoyingly Sorry, you can't count that. I don't think I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't think I can. But yeah, so no, I mean, like my my relationship with Indiana Jones is I liked it, but I I, I wasn't particularly close to them. Um, the last few days have shown me up for the fool that I am. <laughs> so how how was how was this experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark? I, it's it's fucking great. I mean, the thing that the thing that first struck me about it was 
the fucking brass balls on John Williams to go, you're going to fucking love this theme so much that I'm going to bring it back at the end. Because this theme fucks. This theme, if it was trying to sleep with your wife, you'd go, can I watch? <laughs> you know, like it, it absolutely goes. Um, and like the, the, the way that the start, it is one of the most confident starts to a fucking film. Like, because it, it, it is just, right, we're going to give you no fucking context whatsoever. People in a jungle. What are they looking for? I don't fucking know. Why? Why? Why is he when he's swapping um, the the idol out? What? What? I mean, why is he swapping the idol out for that other thing? Oh, because that's going to happen. Fuck me, as a massive boulder. What the fuck's happening? Like just the like like two dollars a month. Listen to the Miami Vice episode. It is just as. You are fucking dropped into it and you have to catch yep. up. And it's great. And it just carries on from there. And you've got Karen Allen with one of the great introductions to a character of all time. Of She's a woman in a bar and she is drinking this fucking big dude under the table. That's all. That, right. She's great. Let's go. Um, the villains are proper boo hiss Nazis, <laughs> just as they should yep. be. Um, and it, it yeah, Ford is fucking amazing. Um, and a a, a gent who is uh much uh much missed uh by many people, Dave Hall. Um, did you have ever have the pleasure of yeah, I met Dave Hall. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just like that dude had some big old Harrison Ford energy, he, and I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I was just like, "Fucking hell!" That's like, it, it just reminded me of Dave, and that's a compliment to Indiana Jones. Yeah, it is because because um, yeah yeah I, I I absolutely a hundred fucking percent agree with you on that. It makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, like yeah yeah um yeah absolutely, but yeah so it. Oh God, what a fucking movie. What's your relationship with it, dude? Well, weirdly, um, I, 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 I've seen all of the Indiana Jones movies at the cinema. Um, because I, I, all I've them. seen all of them, yeah. Um, and so, it, but I'd already seen Raiders Lost Art before I saw it at the cinema. Um, because you know, I, I, I didn't see it until until um, Last Crusade came out, so in, in 1989. Um, and so I'd, I'd already seen it, and I liked it and like that, but I was like seven, eight years old. Um, but then the, um, the View in York, uh, when it opened, then it was the Warner Brothers um, Cinema, one of the first films it kind of it opened with um, was um, Temple of Doom. Not so Temple of Doom. It uh, was Last Crusade. Nice. Um, and I remember yeah. going to this. Is really weird. I remember going to like they had like um, they invited like schools to come and have like a talk about cinemas. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's fucking cool. The yeah. thing was, I, I remember when. Um, 
when the talk had finished, and it was in one of the screens, and they showed us a bunch of trailers and bits like that. As everyone was sort of like leaving um, to go, um, my teacher was like, "Oh no, you're staying." I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, I'd been really confused about why was I staying, um, and then yeah. um, a family friend of ours at the time. Um, I basically had got in touch with the school and found we were going to the cinema and uh, wanted to go and see Last Crusade. So it said, can like Mark uh, and my sister and um, her kids, um, Mike, and, Judy, uh, Mike um, and, and Rachel, can they all stay because of what I'm going to take them to go and see Last Crusade uh, at that cinema like half an hour after the trip's supposed to finish? So literally, but we didn't know about this. <laughs> like, so she got stopped and all you're staying and then uh, the family friend turned up and took us to go and see um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade um, at the cinema. But then... Over the weekend, I noticed that they also had as like, or like, because it was a big deal film. They also had Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom showing as well. So I just went to see those like on my own um, to have like like the, the full experience. And of course, I saw uh, when it came out, um, Kingdom of Crystal Skull. But yeah, I and as well, I think um, in the age of VHS. Um, before sort of DVDs became like a thing you could just go out and buy for a reasonable price. Um, in yeah. the early days of me and Becky being together, I had a, an Indiana Jones box set of the three movies uh, on VHS, and we'd often kind of like just fucking like randomly on night go, just fancy watching the Indiana Jones movies, and then just watch fucking all three of them. It was just three of them at the time. Um, but I, I, Raiders was like the one that I always fucking like loved like properly loved it's a it's just a great family action adventure film ford is charismatic as fuck in it uh it's fun it ticks along at a nice pace um like you say it's got real good bad guys and then the ending is just a bit mental <laughs> yeah you know and it, yeah. it's gnarly yeah. as yeah. well <laughs> You know, you've got in a PG film, you've literally got a head exploding like in fucking scanners, um, and you've got fucking like a, a Nazi's face literally melting off. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the head exploding is the fact that there are little bits of flesh as yep. well. It does not fuck nope. about. <laughs> it's a PG. It's great, man. It's just brilliant. I, 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 I genuinely, yeah, it, it's a great fucking time. It's weird as the Lost Ark. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely bangs. Yeah. So let's move on to Indiana uh, Jones: Temple of Doom. So we're, we're, we're going forward. It was three years after, and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark had been a really big success, um, and then they decided to make a prequel to it um, because George Lucas didn't mm. want to have Nazis as the villains again. Uh, which makes, you know, actually, yeah, that track makes sense. I, I can get behind that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so Indiana Jones is back again. Um, but this time, um, yeah. <laughs> this one's quite maligned, I would say. Would that be fair to say? Or, or the most maligned of the sea? Well, no, maybe not. The most maligned of the original three. Yeah, <laughs> of the original trilogy, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. It, I think it's probably easy to see why. It's a... 
darker bit of work. Yes. Well, even even, um, even Spielberg has said that he thinks that there's nothing of him in this film that is too dark, and that the only that, yeah, that he like, likes it because he met his wife on set. <laughs> yeah, quite. And I mean, I, I think there's the middle forty minutes. I would say is really quite challenging. Um. You know, I mean, you've got the, that dinner is like okay, it's gross, but the chilled monkey brains is like gee, fucking hell, wow, we all right then, fine, okay, but then you've got extended sequences of Kalima, Kalima, you know, and um, the whole kind of like the drinking the blood or whatever it is and then like basically becoming a zombie and then seeing indiana jones like like bare-chested indiana jones like being evil even if it's only for a few minutes and in the moment i i honestly i was like fucking hell this is actually quite hard to watch because it's rip-roaring fun and then it's just like this really dark material. But then it makes the. Like, from the moment he winks at Short Round, he's like, I'm alright, kid. And they're on. It's then just basically pure joy. It's. Right, Indiana Jones and Short Round and Winnie are, are gonna are gonna win. And you're just watching, you're just waiting to see how that happens. And it, do, I think it does a number on you where it's, it, it's got that darkness, but it's got real light for like almost the whole last act. And that it's fun. I mean, it's literally there is a sequence that is like a roller coaster, which, which <laughs> is fantastic. Um, but it is. The the most imperfect of those original three, but I mean, I mean it's still I, I, it's still a cracking time. But I could imagine after like, after waiting like three years after Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then it's this, and I mean like the film has got the anything goes sequence at the start, so it does kind of key you in that anything goes here, um, but. Man, if I was a fucking like, if I'd watched Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time when I was like seven or eight, and I'm watching this at ten or eleven, and I'm watching sh- some of the shit in this film before I know how it's going to resolve. Oh man, I would not be enjoying myself. It's odd going back to, to Temple of Doom in the sense that I I, I forgot how. How sort of singular placed it is, in the sense that you know, yeah. once they get to um, what's it called, the place, um, Pancot Palace. Oh, sorry, once, once they get to to, oh, to Pancot yeah, yeah. Palace, it the literally the, the rest of the entire movie is basically set there, and they get to that after what twenty five minutes, half an hour, and it, it, sure. it's not like. Like the Indiana Jones, where you know they're, they're they're bouncing around a little bit, um, 
And then, you know, a good, like you say, 40 minutes of it is all set within, like, the, you know, the fucking dungeon of it. And it's, I'll be honest, I've always quite liked Temple of Doom. This was the first time I struggled with it a little bit. Uh, It did start to win me around again towards the end, but I was kind of like, I think because I watched it straight after, and I was sober, uh, I watched it straight after uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that I did get that lull a little bit with it. Um, yeah. Whereas you know, usually when I used to watch them back to back, it would be, you know, me and Bex would be watching it while we were drinking, um, and you know, by the time we got to like the Temple of Doom, we were a little bit like we were like quite a few cans deep, and you know, it, it, I think maybe the, the lulls were kind of like this is just fucking fun. From <laughs> um, that there, yeah, it, it's it does feel out of sync with the, the other two movies. I, in, in, I even think it feels out of sync with the other three movies, to be honest, um, in that. But it does certainly have its have its charms, and it is fun, but it is also a little bit... I do think there's a middle section of it where it, it does drag an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's totally fair. And it, it's... The thing is, I could kind of see what they were going for because it is just like really like this is some fucking serious dark shit, you know. And it's like Lottie was kind of on her iPad and looking up every now and then, and, you know. And she like literally turned to me at one point and said, "Should you be watching this in front of me?" And I was like, "You know what? Though, probably not." And um, you know, I mean, she's eight, you know, and it, it's. It, it, she's she's like watched films, you know. I mean, she's my kid, of course she has. But um, it 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 said something to me there that it was like, do you know what? It snapped me out of it. It's like, yeah, do you know what? Because the other films, I mean, yes, okay, the opening of the Covenant, uh, excluding, I wouldn't necessarily have too much of a problem with her watching any of the bits from it. But like the whole right. You're going to fucking, like, rip the person's heart out, stick it inside them, and then, like, put them on a thing and lower them into, like, a swirly lava thing. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it's so unknowable and just, like... They don't really explain what's going on. It's just like, yeah, all this shit's happening and it's bad. And it's kind of unrelenting in how dark it is for a fair chunk of the runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it, 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 it's something, is the Temple of Doom. It's something. Um, and it's like, as much as I like these films. Honestly, it's the one where I am like, yeah, do you know what? I'm actually not that bothered about watching that one again. I think I could probably go without. I wouldn't, because if I'm going to watch these films, I'm going to watch them all. Yeah, I'm the same. But this is the one where I'd be like, oh, fucking hell. Right, strap in. (laughs) Yeah, I could completely see that. Um, So, yeah, so moving on... um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Banger. It is a banger, isn't it? <laughs> it's really fucking good. <laughs> what a fucking film. Like, now, we're back. Yeah. 
you know, like, we're going to have Nazis being the bad guys again, because why the fuck not? Um, we're going to have Indiana Jones meeting Hitler, but it's not a fight. Nope. It's just in- Indiana Jones, like, meeting Hitler and having an interaction and bye-bye. You've got... I, I, you've got Jones, his dad, Brody and Salah riding off into the sunset at the end. Yep. Which rules. I'm finding out that he was like, named after the dog. I mean, which that, is actually that is, that George Lucas's dog. Right at the end. Oh, so yeah, okay. it's George just... Lucas's dog. Um, and um, <laughs> short round, I believe, was um, Lawrence Caston's dog. <laughs> and... And Willie's um, was, um, I think it was Willie's, there was a name, I think it was Steven Spielberg's dog. <laughs> so that's why Kate Capshaw's character was called Willie. <laughs> I might have got the, I might have got the people yeah. wrong uh, there, but all three of those characters were named after people's dogs. <laughs> I, I, just Willie as well in Temple of Doom. That's some fucking hard work. That yes, right. She's it's I've... not very good. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's cool that with Last Crusade they're like, yeah, you're gonna have a hot blonde, but she's gonna be a Nazi, and not only is she gonna fuck Harrison Ford, but she's gonna fuck Sean Connery as well. Like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that. That's great. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it just that you know they've they've really gone. Okay, what did we get wrong? But at the same time, we're not going to pander. So do you know what, Daniel Elliott, we'll bring him along for at least part of the ride. Why the fuck not? You know, and the whole um, it bullshit about oh, how good he is. Fucking, like, I, I no, genuinely love that bit in the library. Yeah, I genuinely love that bit in the film. Ford selling it so well. So you know, he speaks nine yeah, languages, knows every culture, knows all of these things. He will blend. He will be gone. And then it's just second like, it's like, what are you kidding? No, just stand out like a sore thumb. And what is it? He got lost in his own library or he got lost in his own museum. museum. What is it he said? It's just glorious. So, I mean, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, they, they wisely, they bring back Salah um, and John Rhys-Davies is fantastic. But I mean, it fucking um, Connery is great and he's really dialed in and it, it yeah, he's just having an awful lot of fun. Um, oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's just... It, it's it's two hours of just pure joy, I think, this movie. It's it's a big smile of a movie. You know, and you, you get, like, a bit of a, a good kind of, like, like, emotional story bit towards the end. But that's fun, and it's not... It's not overtly schmaltzy like Spielberg can be sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just a, a, a I don't know. It sounds very cheesy, but it's a rip roaring adventure. Yeah. It goes to 
loads of different places. Like the whole, like the Holy Grail concept is fantastic, you know, and it's like it is that kind of thing where it's like anybody would want to hunt for that. You you get why. I mean, this is the thing with like the Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. It's like the Ark of the Covenant, and you know, being able to see what's inside there is a fucking fascinating idea. And the Holy Grail is just a thing that like basically all people want, and it gets that yes, you want to see what happens at the end there. Whereas Temple of Doom is, they find themselves in this situation and they've got to try and get themselves out of this situation. Yes, okay, they, they go there because they, you know, want to, like, free the kids and get the sacred stone back and whatnot, but it it doesn't necessarily feel universal. Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade, they're very, yeah, you want to see what happens. You're, you're like, you know, you are intrigued yourself. Mm. And that, that's a difference, and I, I, I think it's why those two films in particular work so well. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it, 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 it's going back to that kind of archaeological story that makes sense, rather than just a random happening. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Exactly. I, it, Great stuff. I think I think Alison Doody's good as well. Like she's got that ever so slight edge of vulnerability, but also almost like the I could change her kind of <laughs> kind of thing. She's know? not all that bad um, for a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, she's a sexy Nazi and she plays it well. You know, like. <laughs> She does better than Kate Capshaw does. That's what damn yeah. sure. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are looking at it going. I could maybe get past the Nazi bit. <laughs> I, I I could for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, with what is it? It's a good movie, Mark. Fuck you. I am not going to disagree with you. But I'm also going to say it is without question the most flawed of them. Or it has the most... Lottie, mm. Lottie just, sorry, Lottie just shouted up saying "I you're swearing. <laughs> so I need to... <laughs> sorry. You did not. Sorry, Lots. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ford's back, Karen Allen's back. Uh, but this time they've brought... Ray Winston to basically just shout Jonesy a lot. Um, Jim Broadbent to play the most Jim Broadbent of of roles. Uh, John Hurt, the beef, and... Hang on, she's back again. Uh, Right, go on, go on, get it, get it out, I'm recording. Oof. Well, you're just going to hit me. Wait, I think you deserve that, Ian. Lots, what do you think of the Indiana Jones films? (laughs) You were scared by them, weren't you? What was the scary bit? I'm not telling you. Stop. Bye. All right. I got her to leave. Go on. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you've also got Kate Blanchett when she was in the uh, Wigan Voice phase of her career. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so written by... Uh, um, I, I, I mean, it, it was working for me, I'm not going to Really? Lie. Wow. Um, written by a uh, writer of Kimmy, last week's film, uh, David Kep. Um Hell yeah, David Kep. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, go on. <laughs> I have two major issues with this movie, and the rest of it I actually quite like. Look, so, I think this film works way more often than it doesn't. Um, the opening is great. I wish they played on the aspect of Indiana Jones having to prove that he's basically not a communist. Mm. Kind of wish that was a bit more of a thread because I, really, I enjoyed that. And you get that one scene with the fucking janitor from Scrubs yeah. and him from Neighbours and then you're done. Um, I like Labeef. I'm going to say it. I like him. Um, I, I, But the jungle chase sequence is probably the worst thing in any of these films. It's an awful sequence. It is not a good sequence, no. Um, Really, really bad. Um, But I like... and This is from a now perspective. I like that it's tactile. Um, I like that Harrison Ford is... has come to play... Um, I like that Blanchett is just doing two-dimensional we want to control everybody's minds. Fine, that's cool. I'm, I'm fine. You can control my mind. Russian Kate Blanchett, that's fine. Um, the ending... Uh, it's a little bit too close to the Ark of the Covenant kind of like... Oh, you wanted to see the forbidden thing or know the un- the, the forbidden thing, and now we're gonna melt. Yeah, th- th- there's a little bit of you are thinking at some point is Ford gonna turn around and say, "Close your eyes, everybody! Don't, don't look, look don't, at them." Yeah, 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 quite. Um, but no, I mean, I, I like I say, I think it works more than it doesn't. I, I you know, it, it's the worst of the four. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I could see that maybe if you like, you were really like super, super into these films, having this be the film 19 years later, I could see as like, wow, really? But in the fullness of time and watching it now, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, fair enough. They, I, I think they probably should, should have stopped at three. I'm worried about five. Even though Mads Mikkelsen being the bad guy is like, well, okay then. What have we got? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you think. I, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I, the thing is, when it's an Indiana Jones movie, the jungle scene, um, not included, because yeah, that is it, the jungle chase scene is is just bad. Um, it looks like shit as well. Um, 
when it's an Indiana Jones movie, it, it's an awful lot of fun. Um, it's it's pacey and it ticks along. Um, it, I don't think it's the best looking movie uh, that's there. It has that that new sheen that Spielberg's now got, where uh, I think I, I paused it while we were watching it and and said to to highlight to Bex and say the issue I've got. This is the issue I've got with a lot of modern Spielberg. Um, and it was a scene where, when um, Mutt is first chatting to um, Indy in the, in that um, like diner place um, there. And um, yeah. he, I think he's, he's saying something to the people on the table next to him or something like that. And I paused and said, the problem is everybody um, looks like, um, that is the first time they have worn every single bit of clothing they're wearing. Nothing feels lived in at all. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a fair And point. there's a scene later on, I think, where they've been chased through the school, and there's a bit where there's all the the, 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 the kids, I'm doing bunny ears, the school, and it's like, yep, it's weird that all of those kids went out that morning and bought those outfits. That looks weird. Uh, and it, 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 it hmm. feels... It's not. That isn't what the fifties look like. It, it, it is. It, it's. It's somebody's nostalgic imagination of what the fifties look like, and it, it, it's getting a little bit tiresome. That with Spielberg, for me, to be honest. Um, but I think the the relationship between LaBeouf and uh, Ford works. That's quite fun. Um, bringing Marion back is fun. Um, the the aspect of them kind of on the run from like the Russians and all that works. I I, I don't like Blanchett in this. I don't like this period in her career where she was wigging a voice. Um, and the, the the voice doesn't even at any point maintain any fucking integrity. It just bounces all over the fucking place. Um, but 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 the thing is, the thing is that you don't understand, Mark, is that. It's very erotic. But I don't even think it is, and usually I do with these things. <laughs> but the bit that I really fucking I mean, uh, hate... It's not the film's fault that you don't understand that. It's not the film's fault that you not, don't no. understand that. Uh, sorry, I was on. hoping it was going to get go me on, this sorry. time, but it didn't. But the bit that I hate, that I cannot... I can't square this circle, is... Didn't need to be aliens. It just fucking didn't. And it, it, it just mm-hmm. rankles with me. It's a bit like, oh, fuck off. Just fuck off. Why? Why did it Why did it have to be aliens, George? And it just, it felt like that. It was, it, 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 it completely takes me completely out of it. It, it felt like an indulgence of uh, the entire wrong times. You could have done something clever with it being anything else you have the whole of history that you can play with with it and they don't they have to bring fucking aliens in it and it just it it really does just bore the life out of me you didn't need to do it yeah I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see what the new one does now that George Lucas has no creative involvement in it whatsoever Mm. Um, because like they with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Spielberg, Ford, and Lucas all had a basically, I can kill this where it stands if I don't like it kind of thing, in in like their contracts. Mm. 
so it felt like there could have been a lot of George Lucas in those kinds of turns that it takes. Whereas now, you've got Spielberg, who was obviously creatively involved, because I think he's still producing it. Um, Mangold's doing it, and somebody told me what the working title for the film was, but I can't remember... I'm not going to say it because I can't rem- remember whether they said it was because somebody who knew what it was told them. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. don't you? Is it? Is there a chance that that person was maybe told by someone given where he lives? Possibly. Or am I just making that up in my head? Um think if if that effect if that company was working on it i'm trying to remember the fucking background on this now but anyway you know you you know the subtitle i'm referring to don't you yeah if it's that and it's doing that let's go like let let, let's yeah let's do it um King of the Crystal Skull feels like a uh, ending to what was a great trilogy, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like a fuck you. I think it would have felt like a fuck you if Shia LaBeouf actually put the hat on at the end. Yeah, but the fact they they, they pussy out a little bit with that. Yeah. It... Yeah, and then, and to be fair, which was the right decision given LaBeouf then basically shits on the film not very long after, and then Spielberg fucking drops him like a hot stone. Mm. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot going. There's a lot going on. Um, what I will say is, I kind of made my peace with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, and so previously I wouldn't. I, you know, I, I've I've a few times watched the original trilogy and then just not watched Chris, Crystal Skull. Um, but now I think I'll be fine rewatching it again in like a, a few years' time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it... There's some really, like you said, there's some really good classical Indiana Jones shit in this, but also some actually decent. Yeah, he's getting older. Jokes like the the bit where he's in the warehouse and he whips and then he misses the car, <laughs> the van, and then or the truck goes into the other one. He's like, "Damn, I thought I was <laughs> damn, it's I good. thought I was closer." He's a fucking great delivery as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then he just punches those guys. He's like, "Yeah, man, he's back." And I've got, you know, the nuke in the fridge thing. It is fucking ridiculous that that fridge, like, goes that far, falls that hard multiple times, and he's all right. But I don't know. It's a lead-lined fridge. It is kind of like I actually kind of yeah. The other bit there, you you can go. Do you know what? In this universe, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, and then it leads to that fucking shot of Indiana Jones walking up and seeing that fucking mushroom cloud. That's a that's a great shot. It is. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna it, agree with you. It's a good movie. It has flaws, but it's a good movie. 
Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, even Ray Winstone. I mean, yes, okay, the fact that he just says Jonesy like a, a lot. lot, but I, I, I like the, I like the way that he's like a turncoat and he pretends to not be a turncoat, but then he really is a turncoat. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I like fucking Jones going, going, going. So wait, you're out, you're out. Are you a triple agent? He's like, no, I was just lying about being a double agent. Yeah, I mean, that, that's 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 brilliant. I mean, the, the way he goes out is a bit shit, where it's like, I'll be all right, Jonesy. And I half imagine Harrison Ford to just go, I don't care. <laughs> you know, just, you really fucked me. You know, you fucked me over. I don't care. Go off into fucking alien land or wherever you're going. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 fun. It's a fun film. Even though I do remember at the end of that test screening, the fucking deflation. Because it was like, like like people like people who work at the cinema would would come along to these screen, like test screenings if they were like big films, um, and they like we'd let a couple people in per like person, mm. and it was pretty full, and it was like the the midnight and we didn't do midnight screenings so it was like literally the first opportunity these people would have had to see this film. And the deflation of people walking out at like half two in the morning was palpable. Um, and I, that that I, I, that surprised me because at the time I was like, I thought that was all right. I thought that was fine. I, I, um, I, I, I was one of those that, that that went out of it going, I don't like that. I wasn't quite. What have you done to my childhood? <laughs> but I was very much like, yeah, that was. That, that that was shit. I was I was angry at it. <laughs> so Ian, I'm gonna do everyone else's rankings and I'm asked for yours. Well, you still yep. there? Um. Oh. So, um, Jack Burton, Mister F1978 says his ranking is one, three, two, four. Boring and predictable, I know, but there it is. Um. Tangentially, uh, in de- indie memory, anyone remember that great Terry Chocolate Orange ad that riffed on the beginning of Raiders? I do actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yeah, there's been a lot of riffs on that though as well. Uh, Rick Kidd, uh, Rick J. Kidd, uh, rankings. One, mm. Raiders. Two, Crusade. Three, Doom. Four, Young Indie TV Series. Five, Crappy Indie, Find Your Fate Book with Yetis. Um, six, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mike of Chinstroke vs. Punta Fame. Um, Raiders, Doom, Crusade, Skull. Um, seeing Raiders at the cinema as a seven-year-old was transcendent, as was owning Raiders' release on D- on VHS, the first straight-to-sell-through title in the UK, and eye-watering 1999 in 1982. Man, yeah, fucking hell. Um, should we face Rob? Uh, Crusade, Raiders slash Doom, depends on my mood. Skull, way down. Doom gets a bad rap, great score, great set pieces. I think he's right on that. Yeah, the score is fucking great in Doom. It is a good... Yeah, the score is great in Doom. That's a good point, Rob. Yeah. Um, TTP73. Raiders, Crusade, Temple, Skull. That seems to be a lot of people's there. Um, Andrew Jones. uh, I think it's right. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. 
Uh, no, I, I think that's the right order. It is the right order, order. yeah, that's my order. So, <laughs> giving that away. Uh, there are yeah. as yet no good feature-length Indiana Jones Sorry. movies, uh, but the Aqua song, despite coming out in time to make me subject of constant playground name-calling a bit, slaps. <laughs> Andrew, just stop it. Stop it. I know you're listening. Stop it. The Indiana Jones films are good. Come on. Um... Simlu86 <laughs> says, Last Crusade, Raiders, Temple of Doom, Crystal Skull. That seems to be... That's a popular one, though. People having Crusade at the top. And then he, but if he puts... Kind of... Yeah. While I totally understand... Kind of Yeah, while it. I totally understand Raiders is objectively the best one, Last Crusade was one of the first VHS I bought as a kid, and it was just an absolute magic for me growing up. It's the perfect movie, in my opinion. I can see that. You know, I, I can see the logic behind that. Last... And having the nostalgia thing helps with these movies, I think. Um, Mike also... It does, but it, it just... It, I, I'm sorry, I, th- I think the thing is, it just for, with, with me for Raiders, like I was saying, it it's the, just the balls of that film to go, this guy's a fucking hero, this guy's a star, we know he is. And he is. Like, Crusade, it's got the... That already you know you like him, mm. kind of thing. It, it's almost like degree of difficulty. It, it's like fucking high diving, you know, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like it, it is is doing like a an equal thing, maybe even slightly lesser, but the degree of difficulty is higher. Yeah, it, 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 with, with, so with when the, it does yeah, with the hubris of that start, they have to stick. Not just the landing, but every fucking movement before the landing, and they do. <laughs> it's the same dive from a higher platform, and that's why Raiders is more than Crusade for me, but that's why yeah. it, it's time. Uh, yeah. Rick Kidd, uh, memory one. Raiders was one of the first VHS my parents rented. Seven-year-old me had all the neighbourhood kids round, and we watched it. Cue many phone calls from neighbourhood parents complaining about traumatised kids due to Nazi head melting and explosions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, like seven, that's something. But they would have seen those black bars as well, and it would have gotten in their heads... Hmm. hmm, why is this happening? Hmm. Memory 2 from Rick J. Kidd. Seven, eight-year-old me having to be taken out of Temple of Doom to calm down after the heart-ripping-out scene and then getting annoyed when my mum refused oh, to let me bet. see the other film showing the cinema that day. It was The Killing Fields. So perhaps my mother was right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, Rick, your mother was a coward. <laughs> Wow, we. <laughs> uh, and Mike says, uh, Mike is a oh, big hell. Temple of Doom fan, isn't he? He's an he's an apologist of Temple yeah, of Doom. Yeah, he says is. Doom is very underrated, in my honest yeah. opinion. Features all the abandoned set pieces that were deemed too bonkers for Raiders. Has one of Williams' best scores. Agree with that very much so, and catches the feverish tone yeah. uh, of the series better than any of the of the serials better than any of the series. Um, yeah, I. I, I don't think I can disagree with that. Um, I, there must be a documentary out there on one of the features about the making of Temple of Doom, and I would I want to watch that. So I might even fish out my v, I might my DVDs to see if there is one because I bet that's a fucking good watch. Look to be to be clear, like I think Temple of Doom is a fucking fantastic film. 
it's just it is it, it's a different beast and it's a beast i just don't prefer to raiders or crusade but i'm i'm not trying to really knock doom like it just that film does some fucking dark before you get the light and i i think it's maybe an a, a subject a subjective kind of thing like if i felt more in the mood for a darker huge thing that's the thing maybe i'll watch it in a few years time and i'll be like actually no that's fucking great and maybe it was like the mood i was in the fact that like lottie literally said to me do you think you should be watching this in front of me and maybe that kind of clouded my judgment i don't know <laughs> that's it I, I will go back and watch these again in a couple of years time without question yeah i i could see me going for it like so when's the next one due now is it has it been pushed out to next year? Or has it been pushed out to the year next after year, that? I, think. I can't remember what's it's going next on year. now. Yeah, I, I could I could see me doing them again. I then. could see me doing them again then. Actually, yeah. Um, questions? We have a yeah. couple. Rick Kid uh, at Rick J Kid. Mm. Following a few of my colleagues watching the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the recent Chucky TV series, we had a discussion regarding horror movie villains of the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and who would win a battle royale between them all. Who is your money on and why? Candyman. You reckon Candyman? Which one? Yeah. The 90s one. Yeah, I mean, Tony Todd. You know, like, let's let's go classic. Um, Because he's going to discombobulate everyone at first. And just be like, right, what the fuck's going on? Like, why why are you talking about the fucking sweet, sweet and all that stuff? And he's going to put some fucking bees up all in you. And, you know, he's going to... The thing is, with Michael Myers, he's going to kill a bunch of people. And then Michael Myers is going to be like, well, I thought I was supposed to be killing them. What's going on? He's going to be, he's going to be well and, confused. Um, and at that point, uh, Voorhees is going to just fucking, he's, he's basically going to rip him to pieces. So, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's like Candyman is going to set up the pawns and let them all fucking take each other out. And then Freddy is just going to be like, actually, do you know what? I quite like bees. Because this is the thing. In my mind, it would come down to Candyman. I, I, I looked at this question earlier on. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> in your mind, is it, is it that a Candyman, Candyman and Freddy? Because that's where it got in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it would be the Candyman and Freddy. Even though it kind of also depends on like what flavour of Michael Myers you're talking. Because if we're talking like the Fawn f- trilogy Halloween, then that does get interesting. But... It is a supernatural that has been conjured by man, whereas Candyman is a supernatural conjured by, like, myth. Yeah. And, like, storytelling and ephemeral things like that. You know, that's the thing with Candyman. He's been conjured by just some fucking force. Now, the only thing I can think that could potentially do battle with that is... Whatever the evil is, but it doesn't really have a shape it, it, from John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. That's a good shout. Because that shit is just going to also confuse Candyman. 
that shit is going to inception Candyman. So Candyman is going to do all this fucking psychological shit to all the other killers, but then in the mouth of madness, Cthulhu-esque motherfucker, it's going to go, you ain't seen anything like that yet. And it's going to trap Candyman in a world where he thinks he's getting the fucking edge, but he's not. So, my answer to which horror villain it would win is essentially whatever the fuck is happening in In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> I'm willing to go with you on that. I like that story. That makes sense. I made sense of that, and I like that I made sense of that. <laughs> oh, all it is, is if your tweet is, who is the ultimate horror villain? Who is the ultimate horror villain champion? Just do that fucking screenshot of Sam Neill watching the film. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Explains everything. Uh, Dylan Black Lanterns, what's the closest you come to meeting a hero of yours, film or otherwise? I have an otherwise one. Are you still there, Ian? Sorry, I didn't hear oh, the sorry. question. Uh, I'm so sorry, I didn't hear the, the question. What's the closest you come to meeting a hero of yours, film or otherwise? Oh, God. I, was say, I, I have an otherwise one that isn't um, film related. I don't know, I'm quite fucking gun shy. Not gun shy, but like, just I'm not great with meeting heroes and things like that like it um i don't know like i um interviewed andrew mcdonald the producer of sunshine for my aborted book on the making of sunshine uh which was fucking terrifying he was lovely he he was great um and uh, you know very encouraging um but no he he was terrific um uh, but, 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 but yeah, like in terms of actual conversations, I don't know. I mean, like I've talked about it on the podcast before, but like the they're not heroes necessarily. But actually, I don't know. I mean, like Ty West at the time, like the dude directed House of the Devil when I fucking took the piss out of him because he wouldn't drink Jack Daniels out of the same bottle as other people because he was a germaphobe. <laughs> so you know, it's like I meet a hero and I'm fucking mean to him. So, um. I feel like you've probably got a better story. I I, I, I met John Hurt um, once uh, in a in a in a pub. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, that's great. And he was he was lovely um, and just chatty, but like in a really nice way, and had just really nice stories to tell about people. Um, but in like a really just like he he seemed to be he wasn't showing off telling you stories about these people. He was just kind of like. Just telling you about how great it was to work with these people, and how you know, and how just you know how lucky he was about all of these things, and he was really nice. I, I met Steven Seagal. Um, I went to see his band live, uh, and they were terrible. Um, and then went up to him afterwards um, and asked him if he wanted a drink, thinking he'd say no. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> so I sat down with a few of my mates, nice. and then the first thing he said was. I'm not going to talk about my movies. I'm just here to talk about the music. 
and we hadn't actually Sweet. said anything to him at that point other than just asked him what drink he wanted and then proceeded to talk about nothing but his movies specifically Nico an awful lot nice. um, but yeah I also um, I've been a big football fan um, I um, one of my heroes growing up was Ian Rush um, from being a, a Liverpool fan mm. um, and then weirdly and I, I was a season ticket holder for Liverpool from like 1990 to like 1996-97 uh, and Ian Rush played during those times and I got to I got to meet like quite a bunch of players and bits like that but I'd never met Ian Rush um, from that and I'd met people like Bruce Gobbler and Jamie Redknapp and I'd met Kenny Dalglish and I'd met loads of other players throughout it um, and then randomly, I was um, on like a, um, I was like a football skills course thing um, at Ellen Road, and Ian Rush had signed for Leeds at this point. Um, he played there for like a season, and um, I essentially like um, this skills school thing. It was. I was I essentially worked for it <laughs> and it, it was a bit of a scam in the sense that they did like um like two weeks at our school um where they did like this 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 skills training thing and this this football camp essentially and I got paid to say that I'd been to it the previous year when I actually hadn't and it was just so that they could say look look how much better he got because of it and I got the two weeks because it was different kids on each week. Uh, I got like the two weeks and got to go on this skill school bit and I got like a tour around Ellen Road. So I was waiting in this room at Ellen Road for this tour to start and this guy walked out of a different room and was clearly waiting to go into a different room and sat down next to me and went, you right? And it was Ian Rush. <laughs> and I sort of looked at him and went, you're Ian Rush. And he's like, yeah, I am. And I, and I, I, I just remember saying, I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> um, I think I was like maybe like 12, 13 at the time. I, I remember just going, you're my hero. Mm. <laughs> and him going. Oh, that's and nice. I, I, at the time, because I was at Ellen Road. David City costume. Don't question me. What? I know I'm wearing a David City costume. Don't question me. You look lovely, babe. She's in a St. David's Day costume. Uh, sorry. Um, and he looked at me and, like, because he signed for Leeds and I was at Leeds, he was like, oh. um, uh, you know, I've not actually played for Leeds yet, mate. And I had to explain to him that I was actually a Liverpool fan. <laughs> um, and he was lovely. He was really nice. I had a conversation with him about a, a hat trick he'd scored against Aston Villa in 1985, which was one of my favourite things that had happened in football at the time. <laughs> and he was telling me about it. <laughs> That's very yeah. cool. That's very I, cool. I also, randomly, one of these um, football tournament things met Jimmy Greaves. Not Jimmy Greaves, um, Jimmy Hill. Uh, and he was like handing out bits, like the trophies at the end of the tournament. Um, and he, he'd watched the final and he'd actually watched it because the thing he said to me when he was handing me the when he was handing out like the medals and we'd, we'd won the tournament the thing he said to me was you know you're a really good player but you need to learn how to use your left foot more which he was right I did and so I worked on my left foot loads um, like during that summer um, and then the next year the same tournament um, Jimmy Hill was back again to 
like to do like the presentation bit, and he watched the final again. And when he was handing me my trophy, he, he actually went to it. And went, "You've worked on that left foot, haven't you?" I was like, "Oh shit, that's great!" I, I was like, "Yeah, I, 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 I hardly went, went. See, told you, being two footed is better than being one footed." I that's bonkers that Jimmy Hill just genuinely he just cared that much about these things that he, he that he he genuinely actually remembered something that he'd said to me like a year before and that was the only two times I met him in my life and it was brilliant. Uh, next question, Andrew Jones. Uh, we've squealed, uh, we sorry, we've sequeled, squealed, we've sequeled, rebooted, legacied nice. a bunch of other franchises. What is the next step and what film will be the first to do that? To do what, sorry? It just says, what's the next step? What, for Texas no, Chainsaw? For, uh, for any horror franchise, what is the, what's the... Oh, for like films in general, next, so, sort of, sorry. What's Andrew, the next thing they're going to do with a horror franchise that isn't a sequel, that isn't a reboot, um, and isn't a... What else is it he said? Uh, da, 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 or a legacy. I don't know, I mean, Hellraiser already did the shove it hundreds of years into the future and... Yep. Then also have it be a prequel. Jason X did the Jason in space. Yeah. Um, what could you do with the ring? It feels like it's time for Sadako to come back. Yeah, but it's something to do with like TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, like that's a fucking viral video, isn't it? Yeah. Christ. Um, the thing is, they're going to do something. Something will happen with Nightmare on Elm Street. That'll happen. That'll, that'll work there. And I'd like to think that it could be good. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with these Exorcist films that David Gordon Green's supposed to be doing. Where... They've already said that it's going to be like essentially $400 million is going to be spent on three of these films. And it's like the return of massive prestige blockbuster horror. Because, you know, I think with like It Chapter One, it kind of felt like maybe that could happen. And shit the bed with number two. And it. Yeah, and then chapter two, just like it, people just didn't like it, and it didn't make nearly as much it's just money. Too fucking. Um, long, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I haven't watched it. I rewatched it chapter two since the cinema, but I, I like, you know, I, I remember, I, I remember liking it, but also Jesus Christ, this thing is nearly fucking three hours long. Christ, you know, and it's like they tried, they tried it with Doctor Sleep as well, you know, where, and it just didn't it didn't connect but with the exorcist it's like okay put a massive fucking budget on this try and make it as prestige as possible let's see what what happens like you want to get back to that time where like the exorcist was like the highest grossing film of the year it came out in 
you know, and, 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 you know, got Academy Award nominations and was, like, really well-respected. Was it also the, the highest-grossing R-rated movie up until, like, The Fucking Hangover or something insane like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't know, I mean, but then Nope gives me some hope as well, as such, um, where that film feels like it, it's going to be a horror mm. film as much as Get Out and Us were, but just on that big canvas. I mean, a, a horror film shot in IMAX, not just presented in IMAX, but shot in IMAX. That shit doesn't happen nope. often. And like the idea of an IMAX-framed scare sequence... Is pretty boner inducing, especially with somebody who has the mojo at the moment of Jordan Peele. Yeah, and just has that fucking confidence, you know, like us. I haven't rewatched us since the cinema, and I, I, yeah, because I, 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 I've been holding out. Yeah, I'm the same. And I was, I was talking to Becky about this the day. So I, I, I remember liking it, but been a little bit, but I'm not sure. I think I need. I need I'm looking forward this to rewatching it. I I took to it better than I did Get Out at first watch, and I've seen Get Out a few times now, and I, I, I I've 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 pretty much drunk the Kool Aid on Get Out. I can I I I get what people were saying with us. That film, as a second film, is so. I'm doing my fucking thing, and if you get on board. Fucking A, let's go. If you don't get on board, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't you know, um, no concessions whatsoever. And I think Nope is going to be that as well. But also, I like that you don't get the sense with Peel, which is because he won the, the, the screenplay nomination at like first time of uh, award at first time of asking, that he's trying to do that. Mm with his future films, you know, it's like the conscious of real world issues, but also just wanting to be a good time and to be scary and weird and use that blank check. Like that is fascinating and shit, shit is going to be written about Jordan Peele in the future. I think where get out, absolute barnstormer and it does what it did and if anything from a pure cinema point of view he only gets more interesting from there you know and that that because get out was very much a product of its time you know a, a, you know ho- horror being one of the great emerita society genres if not the great get out is a like dawn of trump era film if ever there was yeah. one that and black landsman you know like just the two um whereas in in terms of pure horror horror filmmaking going forward it feels like he is the great hope for 
what it can do on a big scale. And you've got David Gordon Green doing the Exorcist films, and I'm really looking forward to them and like massive amounts of money being spent on them. But if you tell me, what am I looking forward to next? David Gordon Green doing The Exorcist or Jordan Peele doing whatever the fuck he's <laughs> doing with IMAX and all that shit. It's Jordan Peele all the yep. way. And that's after that's after two fucking films. Yeah, he, he, it just, he's, the fact he's got that, you wanting to watch. Dude's 42. Yeah, the dude is 42. You know, we are old enough now that we will either be dead before him or around the same time mm-hmm. as him. So we are just going to be watching that guy's output until he retires or keels over. And that's cool. I'm, you know, like I, I am down for the next 30, 40 years of whatever that dude has got coming. Yeah, I mean monologue yeah. a bit there. But... No, I, 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 no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's... It, 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 I'm very excited for Nope. I just think it just looks like it's gonna... It, it, I'm not even believe that has shit to say. It just looks like it's going to be interesting. And... And, and just... Yeah, and last thing on it. Just like last year, the fucking tonic that I needed... Of that day when it is announced on Twitter, that poster <laughs> that Jordan Peele's next film is just nope. called Nope. <laughs> and if it if it actually means not of planet Earth, then fine. But you know he's calling it Nope because it fucking spells out Nope. And that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's, like, just, if, if it is just a good pun, it's a really good pun. <laughs> Yeah, like that that poster. I need to buy that poster at some point and get it framed because that is one of the great teaser posters. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it still makes me laugh. That's God. And I tell you what, if in IMAX, that is a fully taking up the fucking screen title card. Yeah. I'm going to be like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio when he's biting his fucking knuckles watching Margaret Robbie <laughs> in The Wolf of Wall Street, dude. I swear to God. Christ. Yeah, that, if that's fucking full, what is it? Um, yeah, you're going to be you're gonna be having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what are we covering next week, Ian? Like, genuinely, what the fuck are we covering next week? <laughs> Oh, so next week. Oh, we got a fucking we got a fucking doozy, son. Oh, we've got a doozy. What have we got? A film that I'm still unsure how the fuck this is actually getting released. Oh, is it the this. what is it? It's the it's Studio Six Six Six, isn't it? Studio Six Six Six, baby. We're going to Studio Six Six Six. I watched. I, I looked at a review of this on Letterboxd this evening that said at least Tenacious D knew to make a film less than 105 minutes long. <laughs> Fucking hell, that, that's, that, that's long for that film. <laughs> that's that's already that 20, 30 minutes too film. long. <laughs> yep. Um, that film looks like it cost fuck all 
And um, it's like I read in an interview with Jenny Ortega where she was saying like she was really excited to be in this film because she fucking loves the Foo Fighters. And she was really depressed that because of COVID restrictions, she couldn't really do anything with them other than the scenes she was in. <laughs> and it, it just like it. Yeah, I don't know. Like that, that film. Just the fact that Dave Grohl released an autobiography last year that was actually called The Storyteller and is also now got a story by credit on Studio 666. That man is a fucking conundrum. <laughs> I swear. I mean, just, God, the fact that they've got all the Foo Fighters actually fucking acting in that film. It's going to be something... Um, I'll also be watching Cyrano. Yeah, I'll watch it as well. So, you know, there we go. But yeah, Studio 666 is probably going to be the lead review for next right. week. Uh, well, I did all the preamble at the start of the show. So I can just say thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for joining me here. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you very, very much. Very much welcome. Bye. Come on, baby. <laughs> Ah! Oh, fucking hell, I enjoyed that. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>